Hello and welcome to the Owen Finance Club CareerCast. In this podcast, we take a look at the potential careers opened up by pursuing your finance education. I'm your host, James Dudden, and today we'll be talking with Rohit Vashest of Santander Bank in Boston and formerly of 630 Ventures in St. Louis. If you enjoy the podcast or are interested in learning more about finance, consider joining the Ellen Finance Club on Wugo, LinkedIn, or WeChat. Hello, Rahit. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here. And, and just for some background for the listeners, so today we are going to really take a dive into networking and the importance it plays when trying to break an investment banking and venture capital. So my guest is Rohit. And uh, Rohit, why don't you go ahead and give us a little background on yourself? Well, thanks, James. Uh, really glad, glad to be here. Um, I'm Rohit, um, a recent graduate from Owen Business School, uh, batch of 2020, uh, currently working as pricing manager in Santander Bank. Uh, before that, I worked for about a few months at 630 Ventures based out in St. Louis. And uh, before my MBA, I actually worked as a software engineer for RBS, Royal Bank of Scotland, for four years. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would love to answer anything, share my experiences. Really glad to like connect with uh, all the MBA folks out there. So yeah, super, super excited for the next half an hour. Perfect. And, and that's really interesting. You talk about a software developer background. Were, were you, I guess, were you able to kind of lean on that when applying for new jobs or, or how did you reference that in the interview process? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely talk about that. So um, I would say like when I started off my MBA, um, I was like, I wanted to switch industries. Like I, I had like this crazy idea about finance, like uh, because having worked in finance technology for like four years, I was like, I really need to move to a proper technology company like an Amazon or a Google. But I think uh, like, especially like this MBA and like talking to a lot of people really changed my perspective. So I became uh, more inclined towards a lot of like finance role because finance is such a, such a broad umbrella and there are like so many roles and responsibilities in there. So um, the way I would usually leverage my computer science background um, would be just talking about like how uh, that brought a lot of logic to my, to my thoughts, to my, to my problem solving skills. Uh, but also, as you can imagine, like in current day and age, like you, you can't just escape technology and coding and tools. And I think the knowledge of these languages like Python and R is, is of paramount importance. Like if you are, say, a fund manager trying to like assess, I don't know, some kind of probability associated with a performance of a fund, like it, it can go on and on. So I felt I tried to leverage that. I, I would be honest, like I wasn't 100% sure what I am leveraging here, but I guess my pitch would be um, that I'll be I'll be able to add value to your organization because having a computer science background, I can I can actually um, help do things more mathematically and uh, more in technology or a tech savvy way. So uh, for lack of a better term. So yeah, that, uh, that's that's how I would like usually pitch myself. That's, that's very interesting. And, and I kind of had a similar background. So I tried to really pitch the computer engineering when I got my first full-time role. And, and I think it, it worked really well in the interview, but I also found I didn't use nearly as much of that programming <laughs> as I, I told them I would. Or, and that was more of 
just the fact that it wasn't necessary. Like, do you find yourself actually using a lot of Python uh, where you're working now, or is that just more of you have it in your back pocket and you can understand it, but you don't necessarily need to use it? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting question, and and you'll be surprised like how much how much financial financial institutions like value technology background. They would be like, oh, you you did Python and you're like an expert in AWS and like they would be like struck by it and and when you like actually go to the job you're just like using excel sheets but um uh but yeah i mean i would say not 100% like i'm not working on path in day in and day out but i guess like the way i see things is that like maybe these organization really want people who can learn new things or who have that skill set uh which you know it's it's sort of like unique in the sense that uh oh you you are a computer science student but you also did some predictive analytics courses so that tells me that you're a pretty curious person like intellectually curious and you'll be a great value to the organization because you can pick up stuff really really fast so i won't say the the value of specifying those technology skills in your resume um would not necessarily translate the same in your day-to-day job but it's more on the impression you would make um on on the recruiters and especially the hiring managers who would work with you on a day-to-day basis uh but yeah i do use sas um in my day-to-day work excel macros uh do a little bit of python but i mean if you're in a more data science related role um i would i would probably assume like yeah you would be using more pattern on a daily basis but i think if you're in a managerial position where you're like managing a fund or maybe um doing some pricing stuff as i do like assessing the prices of financial products um i won't like i don't see myself like writing codes day in and day out but as and when the need arrives i should be able to make something happen so so yeah that's pretty much it in a nutshell like I know it's a pretty broad answer, but yeah, um, I don't know if it helps. No, I, I really do appreciate that. And I was just kind of curious. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but your first role during grad school and right after was with 630 Ventures in St. Louis, correct? Yeah, yeah, I that, that's absolutely right. And I really enjoyed my time there. Um, I think VC is like VC and, and I'm sure like private equity firms, like just present a very different like ecosystem, like, it's it's an ecosystem you would find nowhere around like in any financial institution uh and especially with the high um highly accelerated the startup like environment that VC offers i think um i could actually like i would admit that in those 8 months with um 630 ventures i probably learned more than i i learned in, like past 2 years and and that is something which i am like very happy to like admit and um And yeah, I feel like it was a really it really opened up my eyes like in a sense like how a business really functions from end to end, how the inception of a uh, business happens and how you would really bring it to new heights through like funding and through scaling. So I think like VC experience was a really a life changer for me. Yeah, and, and we, I know we have a lot of students not necessarily just in the finance club but Uh, and Owen as a whole that are very interested in VC. I was just yeah. kind of curious if maybe you could talk about what you had to do or or the steps you took 
to actually get an interview to or to be in a position to to work an internship for a VC firm? Yeah, um, I I can talk about that. So I would say, like, I see it as a three step approach. Like first and the foremost, like network, like network as much as possible to the people in that industry. Um, and it's true for like every industry, not just VC, like network with people who are like directly hiring, like the hiring manager. So if you're going to a VC, you might want to just connect with the principal. Or if you're going to go to a, a VC with in a, in a specific concentration, like a fintech fund, you might want to connect with the principal of that fintech fund. So uh, that's how it usually works in VC and consulting firms. So network is uh, the first and the foremost I would say, uh, thing one must be doing. Um, second, I think just building on the skills. Uh, so skills um, in, a, in a VC interview would typically be a case interview. Um, I mean, a VC case interview is a little different, I would say, compared to your regular consulting interview. Um, and I guess just like upskilling yourselves in valuation models and Excels and... Um, just like paying attention in finance classes. <laughs> uh, I mean, that that would really help. Um, and thirdly, um, you know, I would say um, just like, and that's like probably the most important part, like just being apprised to whatever is happening in the industry because I feel like on a skill level, like everybody is pretty much the same. Like whoever is entering a B school is a, is a smart person, is a smart girl or a guy. But I guess like what really differentiates from a hiring perspective is how intellectually curious are you, um, especially on uh, the trends and like what's going on in the industry. Like if you're applying for a cryptocurrency fund, but you had no idea what how a blockchain works, for example, or what's happening with Dogecoin and how its valuation just jumped like crazy hundreds and thousands of times. So I think you may come across as a person who is not that on top of things, at least in terms of industry. And I think that's like a really important thing. So I guess I would just suggest like to um, read newspapers, Wall Street journals, New York times, um, as well as listening to podcasts. And there are amazing podcasts out there. I feel um, for all the industries, like I, I can, I know like in FinTech, FinTech insider is, is pretty big one. Um, and a lot of others too. So, yeah, these three would be my, I would say, thing in the sense like to really get into the industry, um, networking, upskilling, and just reading the news. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. And I'm kind of curious because you're talking about, you know, staying in the know with the industry. But I, I also know a lot of students aren't necessarily concerned with a specific area like fintech or like ag tech but rather just getting their start in VC. Do you have any recommendations for just kind of staying in the know in general with all things VC? Or do you think that's going to be kind of one of those areas where you know you have an interview coming up with an ag tech company, so really yeah. beef up on ag tech for the next couple of weeks? And same for fintech. If you know you have an interview with fintech, you better hurry up and read up as much as you can on fintech. I think that's a great question, James. And um, I mean, I struggled with the same thing a lot um, in my initial like months of MBA, like how do I figure like what's going on like overall? And that's like 
a big thing, especially when you're like one day interviewing for, I don't know, like uh, KPMG and the second day you're interviewing for like Microsoft and the third day you're interviewing for Tesla. Like it, it really takes a lot, like just be on top of things. Um, so what I usually end up doing is, uh, and I can definitely suggest uh, a few podcasts and um, and, and news, newsletters here, but I guess just going to a, like whatever your go-to like newspaper is, like Wall Street Journal, New York Times, uh, just go to the business section and see the top news and just like try to read it and make sense of it, like strategically, like why these things are happening, like why is Ford spending so much money in its electric vehicles or why is, um, you know, um, like for example, uh, cryptocurrency is like running so high in, in valuation. Um, and that way I know it's, it sounds pretty uh, unstructured, but that way, like just having a broad view of what's going on in your newspaper and your go-to newspaper or magazine, I think that would be the first idea. Second would be just subscribing to those newsletters. Uh, you know, there are like plenty of newsletters, like Morning Brew, I think it's, it's pretty good. It just like compiles everything, summarizes everything that happened the other day. And if something like really piques your interest, you can actually go and read it. Uh, Morning Brew is, is definitely my go-to, um, like a overall holistic um, news um, outlet. Then I would say on podcasts like Macro Voices, um, and it's it's a really great mac, uh, podcast which covers many like macroeconomics concepts. So um, I know uh, macroeconomics as as a subject is pretty optional in our in our course, but I think it really covers a lot of these areas. Um, and I think every everything is like tied to macroeconomics. I feel in general. So um, and even if you don't really understand all of it, maybe just like getting a high level idea of what's going on can really help. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously talking to your own folks, I feel like, um, like the MBA class, like whatever class it may be, it's such a diverse, um, group of people coming from different backgrounds and they have like so much value to add. And sometimes I feel like people don't realize enough like how much value they can add in each other's life and um and i think just having more get-togethers and group conversations on various topics like i feel adam smith society is, is a pretty amazing platform in that sense like organizing those uh speaker sessions and um and, and group discussions on like what's going on the latest in the industry so yeah i mean i know it's 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 uh it's a really good question the unfortunately the answer is pretty unstructured um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's the way at least you can be on the top of things, uh, just getting a high level view of what's everything that's going on. So, yeah. No, I, I really like the, uh, the, the longer response. I, I, I prefer that over just kind of quick, here's an answer, nothing else. It's really nice to have that, <laughs> the open-endedness of that. And I'm kind of curious. So when you got accepted, you know, at what point did you start networking and what point did you start kind of preparing or, or knowing what career you wanted? So were you already listening to these podcasts in your, in your job and that's how you knew you wanted to career switch or was it something that you realized to career switch, you needed to start listening to these podcasts and kind of preparing. And then once you had that in mind, 
how long was it before you started networking with people within the community so you could kind of get these internship opportunities? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a really good question again, and um, and and probably like uh, James, you might be knowing it already. Like as a computer or software engineer, you just don't I feel like get enough time, or you don't have that perspective to like network with people because you're like so much deep down in the operational stuff that um, all, all you think about is like code, code, and code, and just understanding the requirements and translating that into coding. So I'll be honest, I did not really network a lot. Um, I, um, however, I see myself as a person who would really go out and meet and greet people. Uh, and that really helped at least in my pre-MBA life where I knew a lot of uh, people from senior leadership in RBS who really helped me out in my career. Um, so I would say, I feel like there's no good or a bad time for networking. Like if you're pre-MBA listening to this, just just start networking. If you're in the MBA, start networking. Even if you're like 10 years down the line after MBA, just keep networking. Like someone uh, in 630 said to me, like, if you, if, if, if you uh, go on a, if you're sing, if you're sipping your evening coffee all by yourself, that's like half an hour wasted. So, and that really struck me. Um, and I mean, I try my best to network with people, but um, yeah. And coming on my experience, uh, so I started networking before my MBA. So I reached out to um, a few folks from consulting world because that was my go-to industry. Um, and I think if you are especially targeting like VC or consulting um, or even like technology firms in this day and age, um, I feel like you should... Um, like just start reaching out to them as soon as possible. Like I would say if you're going for a September, um, October interview, just reach out to them in April, even if you're, um, um, you know, your session starts in August. Um, and I, I think I was seeing the other day, I think it was today, like an email from management consulted that McKenzie, BN and BCG have uh, pre-pwned, like pre-shifted their, um, deadlines to like June, which is something which is not seen before because it used to be like August and September. So it was pretty interesting. Um, and then of course, like in, when I was an MBA um, and I was getting through this uh, groove of, you know, like thrashing my keyboard and reaching out to every person on LinkedIn and uh, just typing those same messages over and over again. I think that was the time I really realized like how important it is to network, especially if you are in the U.S. as an international student or even as a domestic um, um, student. And uh, and yeah, I think I usually structured my networking in, in three ways. So I would just try to like reach out to people who I know indirectly first, like if there's a second connection on LinkedIn, or if I know there's a first connection who I have never connected with uh, before, I just like reach out to them um, on LinkedIn. Um, second, I would say just getting some introductions. I see that uh, one of my leadership uh, managing directors in RBS used to know this guy in Citizens Bank. And I asked him if he can introduce me to this guy. Um, and he did. I mean, and that's... Uh, I guess like another way to like network. Uh, and, and I think third is like cold emailing. Like if you have no clue about anyone in that industry, 
just like cold emailing them. And I, I guess like someone taught me a trick, like if it's, um, you know, like Steve Smith, for example, just use like steve.smith at the rate evi.com or something, you know, just like trying those combinations. I know it sounds uh, kind of weird, but um, I guess that's... No, I think there's actually a website. It's like headhunter.io maybe where you put in the person's (laughs) name and it it gives you like eight emails to guess of of what their company (laughs) email should be. So you're definitely not not coming out of left field with that one. Yeah, as long as you are uh, not banned by Gmail or edu.edu uh as, as being a spammer but yeah um so yeah i would say that's uh, probably a nutshell um what my networking looked like um interestingly uh like Santander, uh 630 like both of my jobs i would say uh i mean networking was really involved in some way or the other and i'm sure like in future uh that would really help me um so yeah uh, i know it's like pretty broad high-level subjects everybody has different opinions on it but i think the best way to network is just go on your keyboard start typing those qwerty keypad and uh just your get your emails and messages rolling yeah absolutely and i think one point that you brought up that definitely could have helped me out was just basically it's never too early to start so i for some reason had the mindset of okay once i get to campus i can start networking which means i spent the entire summer doing nothing to help myself out, which is absurd since, you know, you accept your offer, what, sometime in February or April, depending on which deadline you're accepting for MBA. So, it's, yeah. I mean, even before you know, I think you have plenty of opportunities to start reaching out to some of these networks because, uh, you know, any second that you're, you're not kind of getting the ball rolling, I, w- I won't say wasted, but it definitely puts you behind when you're trying to get some of the, the higher tier positions. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, uh, and you're absolutely spot on, James. And um, and especially with COVID, I'm not sure how the dynamics would look like for coffee chats and um, meetups. I mean, I know all of them are going virtually right now, but um, but yeah, uh, it's it's really important. Like um, I know a lot of people prefer having actual coffee chats rather than just some virtual meetups. So. Would be interesting. People have to come up with new strategies to network. Um, uh, so yeah, exciting times. <laughs> Absolutely, I think. And you're talking about coffee chats. So the the general sentiment I'm starting to get from some of the people I've been talking to is, if you're willing to put in that effort to go meet them in person, I, I think some people are just so excited to get back into coffee shops, get back into restaurants, even if it's outdoor dining. I think if you're willing to to be the, the first person to kind of offer a coffee chat versus just a Zoom meeting, I, I think that'll really start putting some of the, the incoming students or even the second years trying to, you know, re-recruit. I think that'll put them at an advantage if if you just start to, you know, be that that person that's willing to to find a safe way to meet in person. And especially now with, with restaurants opening up after, you know, if you're vaccinated, you can go around without a mask. Um so if you, you know, as long as you're following guidelines, but just to be that person that's willing to, to meet in person, I, I think a lot of higher ups, like you're talking about, you know, reaching out to principals or MDs, I, th- I think they'd be very receptive to that. Just, you know, being eager to kind of get back to normal. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. And, and, and with the recent like CDC guidelines uh, and I've not really like read them properly, but I feel like a lot of them pertain to like, you can go without masks outside. Uh, if you got the vaccine, so that's a good sign for 
the networking folks, especially like looking for those actual coffee chat chats. Um, but yeah, that definitely helps. And again, that comes back to the point we were discussing earlier, like how eager are you to get that job? I mean, that's like a big, as a hiring manager, I feel that's uh, like, like I said, like almost all the candidates are pretty, pretty equal in their standings uh, from their skill set point of view. But I guess just showing that eagerness to really come to the organization and make a difference and being like very easy to work with. Um, I think that's really stands out um, even, even in those coffee chats. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you touched on this earlier and, and if you don't have any tips, it's okay. But I was just curious if maybe you had anything that you could consider maybe helpful for other international students on just trying to find ways to, to better connect with, you know, hiring managers that, that aren't from your country. So, you know, hiring managers that are from America, just was there anything that you found that made it a little bit easier for you to start connecting with people that, uh, that um, maybe you would like to share with, with the international community? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, at least from networking perspective, um, I would say, um, like I don't have a different strategy. Like I, I feel like both international and domestic must strive to network as much as possible, get those coffee chats, get those information calls. Um, however, I feel like one thing, um, a slight roadblock that international students face is in terms of visa sponsorship. I think that's a very big concern, um, which uh, which is there in the international community. And I guess a lot of hiring managers uh, during those information calls um, are really happy and eager to know more about those international students. But I guess once it comes to the question of visa sponsorship, like many companies back out. So I guess uh, I would just say like, like there are things which are, some things which are under your control and some things which are not. I feel like it is one of those latter things where it's, it's not under your control. So I, I would just say like, don't get, you know, demotivated or lose your zeal if you're getting those networking and formation calls, but not getting the visa sponsorship stuff. Um, I mean, there are a lot of other companies that are amazing companies out there, which do sponsor visas. It's just about knowing them. Um, and also like just another thing on international students, I, I, I know like culturally, economically, um, and socially, like, uh, U.S. would be very different from where a person is coming from. And I guess like just putting those genuine efforts to really get amalgamated in, in that culture is, is really important. Uh, at the same time, maintaining your uniqueness in that culture is, is really important too. And um, I think that really helps, especially if you're in a work culture-like setting, uh, like working with other people, understanding them better. Um, so, and, you know, networking really helps in understanding those cultures. So I feel like international students like like domestic should um, uh, just, just network and reach out to people, do those information calls, uh, and just like not get demotivated by, um, you know, if they face any rejections which are not under their control so uh that's that that would be my piece of advice but yeah um happy happy to share anything else james if if you have in mind yeah i mean I, i'd like to throw in one thing which is if you're talking to anyone in st louis generally speaking if if you can reference anything about the cardinals or blues to some extent you might be okay at least to get <laughs> the door open so that's just a little little fun fact for you 
Uh, I was just kind of curious. So, you know, you, you network to get to position, you, you prepare for the interview, you nail it, you get into a job. What did you do at that point to continue networking within company, the company and, and get to know more people to secure a return offer? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like, like I'm the kind of person who's like really outgoing. I like love to go out, love to attend parties, social events. So like really establishing a repo with people was not a hard thing for me. Um, and I can only imagine for someone who is not that social, like it could be a hard thing to establish some kind of repo and with, with, with the people. And I, I feel like social events really help. Um, and I feel like one thing that could work is like if you're say nine weeks um, or 10 weeks of internship, like make sure like every week you're at least doing two information calls with people who are not in your team, just like some indirect team or like it could be a senior leader or it could also be a business analyst or an associate, like just uh, like at least try to network with people outside the social events if you could uh, or if you could not make to the social events and that really helped me uh, and i think the important phase is after the internship so after the internship there's almost a year uh before you know depending basis your offer you would be joining them back or not um so i would say like just checking on them really helps um like for instance if you work in a bank and you see the bank in the in the news for for some reason you could just like shoot an email that hey i saw this in this news you are merging or you're acquiring this this part of this bank really exciting news um i feel like this is the strategic play there what are your thoughts would love to connect with you and that's how you like roll the ball there honestly and um and yeah i mean just just keep doing that on an intermittent basis really helps in establishing a repo with um with with the people um, and yeah, everything goes good. You would get an offer, uh, a return back offer and, um, uh, things, things would eventually work out. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That's, that's some very, very good advice. And I was just kind of curious if there's anything that you think that students in Olin should be taking advantage of that maybe you wish you had taken advantage of or, or that you did do that you found to be very helpful while you were in school. Hmm. Wow. Apart from stealing Wall Street Journal newspapers, <laughs> yeah. Apart from that, um, that's that's a good question. I feel like um, so. Actually, there are a couple of things. Um, so I feel like, firstly, like Olin Business School, like it's a great school, one of the best in the country. Washu is a great university too. I just feel like we need more interaction between the Olin Business School and the non-Olin Business School, but WashU schools. Um, like just getting to know them, just getting to network with them. I know a lot of like amazing companies and opportunities and networking opportunities, in fact, come to the undergrads or like other business, other, other schools, basically. So just like um, understanding that and really having that university experience, I, I think something I missed in the initial part of my MBA, but really helped me not just to build my network, but to get to know about the opportunities in other areas, I think really helped. Um, second, I think 
uh, a lot of times I've, I feel like we sort of underplay the network potential of our professors. Um, like I feel um, like, like I, I feel like Olin has some of the best professors in the country or if not the world and, um, and the network that they possess uh, and the, and the good word that they can put you, uh, that they can put uh, for you in the companies among the alumni is, is like really something. And again, like, I mean, don't hesitate to reach out to your professors if you find an amazing opportunity in a company. Um, and if you think that professor can really help you or just like having sort of information call with them. Like these two things I feel were something I missed in the first initial part of my MBA, but uh, I made really good connections with the professors, especially like going forward. Um, and I still talk to them um, and have um, like a quarterly almost uh, information call. So, so yeah, that's, that's something which I would uh, definitely recommend doing. Got it. And, and I just want to add, so one, one tool that you can use to, to network with more, more students from other schools within WashU would be using the CEL, just working with either practicums or select to, to get to meet people that are not just in business school. And Rohit, I, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, we're about to wrap up here. Is, is there anything maybe that you just kind of, any parting advice you would want to say b before we uh, conclude here? Yeah, I mean, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, uh, firstly, here, I think really appreciate you starting it, James. I think it's a great idea. Um, and just like, I would say, like in, in my experience, I feel like, of course, like I said, like all in business school, one of the best schools out there. Um, but, I, but I still feel where we can really work on is establishing those connections with the, with the alumni, not just the recent alumni, but um, you know, folks who are like five, 10, 15, 20 years down the line after their MBA. And I think uh, that is where uh, we can actually build that really crucial network and, and leverage it. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, enjoy the experience. It's, it's a great school. It's a great university. I've, I mean, it reminds me of Hogwarts from Harry Potter, honestly, with the, the way the building looks. So, <laughs> I mean, enjoy while you're here. Um, I know networking and job finding can be really stressful, but um, I mean, it's, it's just part of life. So I wish like everybody best of luck and uh, reach out to me in case of any questions. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and add to that. I mean, I'm already halfway done with the program. And like you said, I mean, it absolutely flies by. So definitely don't let the stress of, of networking and, and job hunting get to you. And there's a lot to really enjoy here. Um, Rohit, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, just just thank you. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, James. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening in. If you have any feedback, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or via Wusel email. And if you're interested in more podcasts or live events, join Owen Finance Club on Wugo, LinkedIn, or WeChat. Thank you and have a great day.